Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nick Finzer, and today I am extremely excited to be joined by a fantastic musician, trumpet player, and uh, man of the world, uh, Tony Glousey. And uh, Tony, thanks for being here. We're excited to be able to share a little bit with our audience about your new projects. And uh, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. And uh, this is Tony's first time releasing with uh, Outside in Music, and we're excited to collaborate with him on, uh, there's been a couple of singles and a new EP. So before we dive into, you know, all of that new music, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to our audience and let people know who you are, where you're from, and uh, where you're at now. Sure. So I'm a trumpet player and a recently as a singer and I've been writing music my whole life. So that's definitely a huge part of what I do. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon and living in New York for several years now. And I did school for a few years and, and I kind of hit the road in the middle of that and had some good luck with um, competitions and, and getting my name out there with putting things on the internet as well. So I've, uh, I'm 25 years old going to be 26 and i've just been you know slowly releasing music and and trying to get the the message out there and and, and spread you know love and peace through through all different forms of uh musical projects over the last few years so that's that's it for now yeah, <laughs> this new sure. this new project is uh is the first in spanish of all the things that i've done and i think um we're gonna talk more about that in a bit but but yeah, that's a that's a new direction for me, and it's it's been super exciting to see people responding positively to all that. So, yeah. So let's kind of set up, you know, where we're at now. So I know that you've, you know, when I first came in contact with your stuff online, and I noticed it's just it's very well put together, and it's uh, you've got a good following. So how how did you kind of kind of put all that stuff together from you know being in school and then jumping out on the road? So kind of who are you on the road with? Yeah, as first I, and all of that. Yeah, as I as I said, I, I part of it was the competitions actually. Like I think um, I was I was fortunate to win um, this this thing called the National Trumpet Competition, and that was the first one. Then I think I did uh, the International Trumpet Competition next, and I also won that and the Carmen Caruso Competition. I think in doing those, there was some sort of name recognition and and sort of like a following built around that. Um, I also was was honored to receive um, the Lori Frink Career Grant, the second iteration of it, um, back in I think 2016. And so those are some like accolades that definitely brought people to me. But it, it was really, as I said, doing the online, like putting music on YouTube or mm -hmm. releasing an album, and you know, doing a little tour of my own on the West Coast or whatever, and and doing all those things at the same time. I think is what brought attention to me, at least on the internet. And then of course, in person, I mean, you know how it goes with, <laughs> with touring these days is it's hard because it's like, we're, we're trying to create a physical real life in-person audience, but we all know how important that online audience is to actually make the real life audience real, you know? Right. So I had a couple mentors years ago that, were really good at just getting me to do that stuff. So just cut video, you know, go instead of just making the, the album, go in and, and cut a video and put it out. And that I think is, is where the, 
as you mentioned, like social media following or, or whatever really began was in putting content out just the highest quality that I could original music. Some of it was standards, but putting that music out, winning the awards that I did and, and getting the attention in that sense. And um, at the same time touring. So mostly with, with my band um, or bands in college when I was young, like 18, 19 um, in more recent years, I, I get to play with an amazing singer and pianist named Peter Sincati and you know, his, his band gets to play wherever in the world, in any festival. So that's, that's a treat for sure. Peter's amazing. And it's, it's cool. Cause I actually grew up listening to his music too. So that's always a, I'm sure you've had many of those experiences where somebody that you're actually a fan of, you know, asks you to play and you go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I really thought that would happen. Um, so that's been super cool, but yeah, it's, it's funny because I think just going back to putting content online, I, for better or for worse, that's just really where we're at as a people, especially right now in a quarantine. And oh yeah, so you know, I got into that um, relatively young, and I think everything has just slowly built around that. Like I said, uh, with this this new project and being in Spanish, it's just a yet another um, you know direction. And and I think all the things that I've done have just been little. Uh, yeah, like little passion projects really just, and I've put out like way too much music for, for being 25, I guess there's been about one, sometimes two, um, like whole albums or projects a year, but I just like making music and I don't really care if it's eclectic and all over the place. I think it all helps to just bring awareness to, you know, myself, but in the end it's, it's for the people. So it's, it's been, it's been good so far. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, I mean, the, I'm, we're of the same mind in terms of all that stuff. So, you know, it's good to be able to work with you and find, because a lot of people have this real resistance to like putting stuff out and they have a, I don't know, you know, different people have different, you know, thoughts about it, I guess, but, you know, just, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent about, you know, you have to make the stuff, you got to put it online, you got to be out there, you got to do it all, you know, in terms of 2020 and being a, you know, whatever you want to call what we do is. Yeah. Content creator or just whatever. I mean, that makes it feel like your, your life is only online, I suppose. Right. right? But right. Um, what do you think as far as doing it all besides the things that I've mentioned, um, of course, playing under your own name, playing under other people's names, touring, and then putting out, you know, recorded music, whether it's video or video and audio, just audio. But besides all of that, I mean, of course, you have, you know, podcasting and <laughs> working behind a label. I mean, you're doing it all. What What other things do you feel like go into that? And do you think a musician like myself or, or any musician needs to be doing it all? And you think that's a better thing for us? Oh, I, I don't know. I think it's unique to every single person, personally. I don't think everybody has to do everything, everything. I just, I guess what I was thinking about everything is I just meant, you know, taking advantage of the online ways that you can, you know, connect with audiences in addition to the offline ways, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of artists that just like don't want to participate or they don't want to make YouTube videos or they don't want to spend the little bit of extra money that it does to like get a good videographer and like get it cut together and, you know, um, just people not being willing to invest in those ways, you know, and I just think, it's essential. We're visual, you know, it's a visual culture. So we have to provide some visual. Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember again, going back to one of the mentors I had, actually he's a, he's a guy named Peter Hollins and fantastic mm -hmm. uh, 
singer and, and, and YouTuber. He's kind of gotten known over the years for doing these amazing acapella videos. And uh, he was just somebody who I met when I was in Oregon. And he said, and we used to work together on a couple of projects. He'd have me play trumpet over a track of his or whatever. He was super nice to try to give me, you know, some like a following bump and things like that. But um, he would always say, these days you simply can't release audio without visual accompaniment. And this would explain why and explain how important he had this cool thing. He was like, you know, 50% of your content should be for the people pretty much exclusively like fan acquisition. He would say, you know, something that a song they might know, maybe in our case, like a jazz standard. Um, and then 50% can be anything and everything you want. And that's kind of how you'll keep people engaged. I think that's a really great principle to live by. And that's actually why I first put out standards, um, because I never, I never had done it up, up, in, you know, up to a certain point. I'd only ever put out original music. Sure. This is what I was more interested in. So when he said that, I oh, okay. So I started putting out some standards, and yeah, that that you know, even with the EP that we're working on right now, Sabor Ami. I mean, that's not an original, and neither is Historia del Amor. And so those two other covers, and then there's two, you know, originals. And it's not like everything needs to be super black and white like that, fifty-fifty, sure. but. Uh, it makes a lot of sense and so no of course yeah i mean i'm with you uh yeah that that makes a lot of sense that that kind of 50 50 percent i gotta say that i know that that's something where i'm weak at and that i tend to go more towards what i want to do and less towards mm -hmm. the, you know so for me that's definitely an area to to of growth as well but um Let's let's talk about the EP. I mean, you brought it up. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, people can go to YouTube and, and they can find a lot of really great videos of you playing standards. I've seen many of them and they're really great. They've been put together super well. So um, tell us about you know the project. Who's on it? What inspired this this new project and this new direction? I mean, I know you've probably sang before, but of of trying to involve more yeah. vocals. Yeah. Um, wow. What inspired this? So. In the spring of last year, in, in 2019, I just I started putting Sabor a Mi um, in my weekly repertoire at, at uh, a weekly I was playing at the Rum House, actually. Was, mm -hmm. You know, it's a great bar in Midtown, and I could play anything there. It was a quartet. We'd mostly just be swinging and just having a ball, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> late night, or sometimes we do the af an afternoon hit. And I would sing tunes pretty sporadically i mean it wasn't like a regular thing and uh one of them i just started singing all the time was somewhere on me because i just love that song and i always loved it and it was on a record i was listening to a lot probably at the time um just by eddie gourmet and los panchos i think it's just called canta en espanol but it's a it's a song that i knew for years since i was a little kid and so whatever i just started singing it and as the more i sang it every week i was the more i fell in love with it and the more i started to kind of find my own way about it and so i just started putting together an arrangement and i wonder what i started with i think i started with bass i had um our friend cole davis come in and just lay down a bass track and then i had i got peter Mannheim come in and lay all kinds of percussion over that and then i laid the keys and the strings and then i finally did the trumpet solo and i sang and i did that all over i kind of i took a long time with it not because it was super involved i just was actually on the road. It was what, what happened. So I started that in April or May and then I went traveled. I was away for two months and then I got back in July and I think I finished it in July and August when I was working on a lot of other music. And that was the first one that I made. Um, 
and just putting, you know, this, this one Spanish song together, I just, it was, it was really fun and I wanted to do more. And I had written an original while I was on the road called Hasta la Madrugada, which is the one that came out just a week ago. And that sounds a lot different. I mean, they're in different worlds entirely as far as Latin music goes. Um, but it had the same sort of flavor as far as like being a love song and it has similar, um, construction production wise in the end I, I had peter also lay a bunch of percussion over what we did in the studio and this so um madrugada was done in the studio and i had um, a session booked to play a bunch of original music which will end up on a different album and let's see who's on that so um that's brian carter on drums dan shilinski on bass and Emma Cohen on piano and we just did one take of that tune actually Hasta la madrugada. we just did one take because I think just because we got it. I mean, it's it's not a super tricky tune. Um, there's a couple odd meters and, and some hits and everything to get, but you know, we didn't play it to a click. Actually, I just realized yesterday um, I listened to it and it it replayed right when it was done, and it speeds up throughout that. And I I didn't ever notice that before, but I love that. I think that's actually what gives music like this a certain character. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we didn't we didn't record it to a click or anything. It's it's got all kinds of just rawness to it. I think as you hear, um, and the percussion is is tracked on top of that after, and what else? And then I did the vocals when I was in Los Angeles back in October, and so then I had these those two tunes, right? So what I mean, I had Hasta la Madrugada, and at first I was just going to put both of those on my album that's that's coming up, but then when the quarantine hit in March. All of a sudden, I just, I wanted to do more. <laughs> so I just, I, you know, I called a couple of friends, uh, Vanessa and Martina, to see if they wanted to do a little, you know, vocal thing with Historia del Amor, which is another cover. That's like a, I always tell people when they don't know those, that tune or Sabor a Mi, I say it's kind of like, I, I mean, those are just, they're, they're such classic, um, you know, Spanish repertoire songs. It's like Michael Jackson's Thriller and like Stevie Wonder's I Wish. I mean, that's like how uh, big those those tunes are. So they're, they're just songs everybody knows and they're great pieces of music. And that was another one that I had listened to forever and ever and ever. And, and Vanessa knew it and loved it. And so she agreed to sing the vocal line. And yeah, I just, I arranged that whole tune and we recorded it remotely, actually. That one also has Peter on percussion. And then... Dan Shimlinski again um, on bass and Martina, Vanessa, who am I missing? I think that's it. Um, because we just recorded all our parts remotely and then mixed it all together and then got to shoot that video, that fun video in Central Park um, back in June. And so I did that. We, we did that in the quarantine. And I also uh, came up with the, the fourth track, which is called Sin Asunto, which means uh, no subject. And it's, it's, as you know, it's a um, lowercase and it's in uh, parentheses, right? Which looks like what you'd see on an email. If your email is set in Spanish, that is when you when you receive an email that says no subject, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that song is super different and super special. That one is also an original um, that comes from an email, literally, that I got from an ex-girlfriend of mine um, who I was dating. She's a, a girl from Spain. Um, I spent a lot of time in Spain in 2018, 2019. Um, and I was with a girl, a long distance relationship for months. And 
when it, it finally ended, she sent me this email that just had a lot of really well put um, kind of just gems of just wisdom. I mean, she just said things. I mean, I could translate it for you later, but, uh, you know, from the Spanish speakers out there, they'll of course understand it. Um, but she's just kind of talking about not letting your past mess you up in the present and, and just living and enjoying what you have and making the most of being young and, and just, yeah, not, not being afraid. And it was just cool. It was really nice just to read that and, and to feel like somebody, you know, had really put in the time into, uh, she really put the time into carefully expressing um, some, some things that are hard to say. And, and I appreciated getting that email and, and reading it and I reflected on it and I never thought anything of it until I, the idea just occurred to me to use part of that text as a spoken word in this kind of, I mean, I don't even know what you call this. It's almost like a, it's like a, if, 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 if you could make a Dilla beat, but like a Latin Dilla beat, I feel like that's the kind of direction that we went in with this. It was, it was a cool thing. I just had been playing something on the piano, the except I was trying to write a song and it was entirely different and I was recording it on my phone <laughs> and, and that's what the audio is with the piano for that track. And then I, I decided to drag that in like the, the terrible iPhone audio. I dragged it into a project, but I accidentally misplaced it and it created that cool, like, and it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be like that. So it was just one of those cool, like accidental experiment things where all of a sudden the piano had like this cool, you know, syncopated vibe to it. And I could hear where, it, where like the meter could come in like that. And then I just sent it as, as that, as a loop um, to Peter. Peter's the man. Peter Mannheim is like Russian genius. So I just sent to him and I, I sent all these audio messages saying, okay, I want you to layer the, you know, the, <laughs> like the shaker in like this. And I want you to put maracas in like this. I just told him like where I kind of heard certain things and then let him run with it. And he came back with this beautiful beat. Like I said, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but it's like, you know, trying to make like a, like a, a beat, like a Latin beat, but with, without, you know, trap high hats and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, not like a reggaeton, like, you know, it, you, you hear it. So that's how that track came about sonically. Um, but it all came from the inspiration of that text. So then in the end, I had um, a friend of mine in Spain, a, a vocalist friend of mine, Milena. She, uh, I recorded the audio also into her iPhone, kind of like scratch. I mean, we wanted it to be, we wanted to have that, that feeling of like, here's this, you know, it originally was an email. We wanted to have the feeling of here's this audio message that I just sent you that's just expressed my feelings, you know? And that was a fun one to put together. Super weird. I think I recorded um, trumpet last on that one. And also the funny bit about that is that I, I was quarantining with my family for a few weeks I didn't have any mutes with me except for a practice mute. So the mute on that is actually a, it's like a horrible practice mute. Just <laughs> the gain, is, the gain is like way up, you know, it's anyway, it sounds like a harmony mute, um, but it's not that's It's a practice mute, but that's fun. That's like, that's quarantine creation. You know, like we made those two entire pieces of music, and completely remotely and in quarantine and just using, you know, using the tools that we had around us, like iPhone, you know, recording and practice mute or whatever. And there's no bass on that track. Um, we, we really mixed it to, to have a low end um, 
without it, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else on that one. No, that's it. So the album goes, um, it starts with Historia del Amor, uh, which I think is fitting for a lot of reasons to be first. And then it goes into Sin Asunto, which is, I mean, I can explain kind of the, the reasoning behind it story-wise. Um, but, then, but then it goes to Madrugada and then Sabor a Mi. And that's the album. It, it just covers, you know, I think you get a sense for subject-wise how they kind of all tie in. It's, of course, mm -hmm. about love and different, it's sort of like snapshots in different periods of relationships, right? So um, Sabor a Mi and Historia del Amor, which are both the covers, are very past tense. It's like reflecting on, on basically being in love. And, and it's they're very positive songs. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I loved you. You were the the love of my life, you know, these were beautiful moments and you, you were what I lived for and, and all that. And um, then in my two originals, Madrugada is about a first meet. It's about like seeing somebody at a club or, or a bar or wherever. Um, that's a, basically, you know, it's a, it's a true story. And that, that one's about beginnings of love. And Sin Asunto is about, I guess, the end of a relationship, but not really reflecting super far back into the past but just like something that's you know that's just come to an end and i don't know so i'm just trying to portray um basically the the process the story that we we all go through in a in a love cycle if you will and i thought that subword on me was the most fitting title just to sort of summarize all that so i don't know if that's a as much information as you wanted but but there you go that's that's the whole uh, process no, 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 that is amazing, man. Um, you know, something that I love about the way that you're able to talk about this is it has such vision and it has such clarity and it has such a personal connection. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times with, you know, people who come through uh, studying music at school and this and that and playing, you know, for lack of a better way, just like jazz standards or whatever, you know, they don't have that story or connection to the music that makes it so personal and so that's something i really appreciate about you know you and and how you connect to your music and the music that you want to share and so i'm curious it do you, is it always been that way for you have you always applied that kind of thinking to even when you're playing standards or is this something that's developed or how do you think about like creating with this like larger picture idea of not just like oh i'm just going to play some tunes and record it and put it out um yeah or, that, or does that not even enter into your uh world i don't think i've ever been super conscious of it but mm -hmm. people have always told me that all of my projects i don't really like the word project actually yeah i was using it earlier but projects makes it seem like whatever you're doing is not fully you it's it's almost like when you call it a project it's it's now a side thing. It's, it's not your main, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, is, is, is Katy Perry releasing like projects? No, like she's Katy Perry and she has albums and she puts out albums and maybe they're, she might put out like a different style of song, but, or Bruno Mars, right? Like for years he was putting out just pop, like just, contemporary pop songs and then all of a sudden he had this are we going to call it a project that like this 24k magic of a throwback is it is, you know what I, mean? I don't know it's like yeah ah. so anyway not to spend too much time talking about that but if you will each project each album like each 
uh, endeavor of mine over the years has always felt very personal. My first record was called Identity Crisis, 10 original pieces for all different sizes of small ensemble. Uh, people always told me that they thought that the album flowed in the most story-like, just, yeah, it was just one thing after the other, just changing it up and, and, and they thought it seemed very personal and the stories were unique to me. And the second album I made was called One Dimensional Man and that was with a nine piece band, also 10 tracks, all original. And it was the same thing, just just music. And that comes from inspiration from a book actually called One Dimensional Man. It was a, it was a piece of philosophy, well, piece, a large piece of philosophy by a guy named Herbert Marcuse. And I was super inspired by that. So I wrote all this music for a band that I had just formed and just started playing it and then cut an album. And yeah, so very personal there as well. I made an album called Bad Boy. It was live at a club I used to play at all the time seven originals as well personal to me i mean i feel like when i'm writing music or going into the studio my my goal is to create attractive sounding audio right as i'm writing or as i'm recording it's like okay let's make beautiful music but where that comes from is is always a very personal place and i think as far as as producing goes when i'm putting things together um i'm just trying to just trying to tell the story the best way that I see fit. And so in the case of one dimensional man, it was like with this nine piece band or in the case of, you know, the story with Sin Asunto, it's, you know, how am I supposed to, if I just, if I get the idea in my head that I want to put this text to music, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to write a song with it? You know what I mean? So I just try to find the, and I, and I don't know, to answer your question, I think, I think it's really, I'm not super conscious of it. And I think I'm lucky in that sense. I think the music that I've made has always just flowed from a very personal place. And in the end, it's it's how you make your music make sense to other people that, that keeps them in. They want a connection with the artist, a connection with the music. And so if, if, if all they're sensing is the artist just doing their thing, it's hard for them to get into it. And, mm -hmm. and again, I, I feel lucky in that sense. I think my music has always been able to speak beyond just a, sort of a conservatory artist in their you know, own little spotlight kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question, but uh, I, I made a Christmas album too several years ago. And that was <laughs> obviously uh, in that fan acquisition kind of vein. Um, sure. But even that it was like, I mean, I'm just trying to, I I'm, I'm very conscious, I guess, in, in who I hire and, and who's working on every level of the, album or project or whatever you will because i think the details really matter and i think the, the greatest producers and artists have have always been very precise i mean miles davis is a great example of that you know very precise with with who they work with and asking wayne for years and years to join his band and he finally did you know i think he knew what he wanted and that's why he got the results that he did so i'm an opinionated person i'm a uh, i've you know, I've, <laughs> I know I want things to be a certain way. And, um, and that's, I think, where, where that all comes from. No, that's, that's a good skill to have and a good sense to have, but not everybody has. As just saying, speaking from someone that, you know, works with a lot of people on their music, you know, getting it out, that's, that it's, that's a, it's not a every day that people have that sense of clarity about it. So I just, uh, you know, applaud you for 
trusting that intuition, you know, and, and making it happen in that way. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'd love to, you know, ask you a couple other th things. I mean, we got, so we have this project, it's out now. You can find the singles and EP on your favorite streaming platforms. Um, on YouTube, you can find some great videos that uh, Tony put together. And um, so I'm curious, how did you get connected to Peter Sincati and how, what's it like being on the road with him? Yeah, he was looking to add trumpet to the band uh, early 2019. And through one thing or another, got in contact with me. And when he called me, I was, like I said earlier, I was, wow, this is so cool. Like, I, I love Peter. Like, he's been a favorite of mine for years. I grew up, I remember just sitting outside, like, as a kid in middle school, just in the sun, listening to his records. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, yeah, he, he got in contact with me and asked me to join the band. And at first it was just supposed to be trumpet, but then he found out that I played keys. And so I started doing string stuff and organ and, electric piano and whatnot and you know singing backgrounds effectively too so and i'm kind of the utility chair in the band i love it it's, it's so fun so um because we, we also have a, a a bass player and a drummer and, and there's some tracks that get run through ableton so it's a four-piece band um yeah that's that's been a that was the highlights of of last year where just playing some of those stages with peter and mm -hmm you know, getting to see a couple new countries that I hadn't been to before. And I don't know, I just like make, I like making good music with good people and that's great music with great people. So there's, there's no better sideman gig. I mean, I'd like to do more of those things in the future. Um, I feel very lucky in that sense. I mean, Peter's sense of just, just kind of the, the, the vein that he's in in music is exactly where I like to operate, where it's, it's like this, singer songwriter in a way but it has it's but it's jazz whatever that means right it's it's just good songs just music and and they're not just open-ended i mean i love to get on a long-winded improvisation as any you know as any trumpet player might but as far as my show and my presentation at least in the last few years it's been a lot more geared towards songs and when i say songs i mean you know a song not a not a piece or a, or a composition and that's the fun thing about peter span it's just this great tunes great songs mostly original and it's just fun good people so <laughs> that's the that's the musician dream you know and when, and when i'm with my band i i try to I, I try to model some of my band leading um you know after things that the people that i love working with do people like peter people from my past that i just feel like get good results out of their band or really put a set together well and know how to or know how to write or arrange or whatever i i feel lucky to work with people that can be you know influences in, in that sense too when i'm leading my own band so but the songs that's 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 the thing i guess i want to you know highlight is is that's that to me is just so important that's something that i think is very hard to come by in the in the jazz idiom these days if if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. And that's because so many of us, myself included, um, maybe more so in my past, but so many of us are writing things that are just, you know, for lack of a better word, inaccessible. Right? And it's beautiful music. I mean, 
it's, 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 a, it's what I want to hear. I want to hear <laughs> the artsiest <laughs> thing ever, but I also want to hear a song. And as far as what I present, I think I, I prefer um, a singer songwriter thing when, when the album that I've been working on for so long, the original album, finally comes out later this year or early next year. Um, I think people will finally see more of that in me. I've, I've had bits of that come out over the last few years, but when I was a little kid, I was just writing songs and playing songs. And I, I missed that in the years of, you know, bebop studies <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, that, that music is its, its own beast and it's the most beautiful and intricate art form. Right. I mean, really, as far as music goes, I, there's hardly anything more complex than bebop. Um, I love playing it. I love hearing it. And you can make an audience understand it and love it. But there's something about a song. I just go back to that. There's something about a song. It's it's the most, you know, ancient <laughs> form of, I mean, that that and drumming, you know. So you get, where, you get where I'm getting at. I think that's just been something oh, that's sure. been on my mind, you know, in the last few years, more so than ever, as especially as I've spent more time away from, the conservatory mentality of mm-hmm. just writing, you know, deep, dark sagas of, of <laughs> you know, pieces and, and albums. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. And, and the, the focus has, has been much more on, yeah, just writing too. I mean, I love writing lyrics too. I love writing. I just putting a song together. This it's, it's more fun to me to produce a, a song like that than to just, write for a five piece band and cut it in the studio just because production wise, it's, there's so many options. And when I've cut things in the studio with my quintet, it's like, okay, this is cool because it's way easier. And I love that part about it, but there's no, I feel like I'm not putting as much of my heart and soul into it because I don't get to craft this really specific thing. I don't get to take care of, you know, my baby in that sense. Like you just kind of cut it and and that's it. That's the, that's the track. That's the album. And, yeah, I'm saying so. That's also part of it for me. The singer songwriter thing gives me more chance to make the music sound exactly how I want, and that more than anything is is it, so. Yeah, well, that's super interesting, and, and great to hear. Um, so, what's what's kind of next for you? They got the EP. You mentioned the album's coming, and so what are you what are you working on? What are you thinking about? What what, what are you looking forward to in the next yeah. however long? Well, there's no gigs, there's no right. tours, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in a production mode. Yeah, I have 16, 15 or 16 tracks that are mm, very close to done, and half of them are in the more acoustic, um, modern jazz, if you will, vein, um, mm-hmm. still with that song element, though. And I'm thinking about putting out two records instead of one, doing the acoustic stuff you know you and i have talked about that like doing the acoustic thing first with eight tracks and then doing the i want to call it electric you know but uh there's just a lot more synths and programming and a couple trap tracks with with rappers on it and a lot more vocal collaborations and it's i guess the r&b one if you will the music can go together all these songs are written in the same year or so and tell kind of a, a continuous story but splitting it in half i think is is good because i want people to hear the music and i'll give it a better chance of being heard and 
I think it's nice sonically to keep albums or again projects if you want to say that like uh in the same um you know just keep them in the same sonic fear sphere so we have an acoustic one and sort of the r&b one so the, but that's it that's all i've been working on really besides the spanish stuff for for months since the quarantine i i thought about like getting on my youtube professor mode and like doing trumpet videos and then i and then i just i didn't and the longer i don't the more i'm like i don't think i want to do that um at least right now i i'm just in a in a music production mode and i, I think i want to be giving my music to people and making videos i love making the videos it's gonna be some really fun videos to make for these songs uh but just just putting out the content putting out the art first maybe in a few years i'll get into some of those other things as far as digital content goes i've, I've myself i've thought it'd be interesting to have a podcast like i've, I've kind of thought about doing a lot of different things and having other creative outlets but i just keep with the music for now and that's been keeping me plenty busy because 15 16 songs when they all have a different <laughs> production and direction and all that it'll be cool there's strings there's just so much stuff to do and and yeah it's been keeping me very busy so that's nice, what's next yeah. that's great well yeah. we can't wait we can't wait to hear the finished finished project well um i don't want to take up too much of your time and uh I appreciate you taking some time to share about the new project with our with our uh, audience here, and really appreciate that. And we'll certainly uh, re loop back and connect again in the future. But between now and then, what's some of the best places for people to follow along with with your career and your music? Sure. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Um, I think I'm most active on Instagram. So if as far as social media goes, I can follow there. I've been putting out a lot more stuff on YouTube, uh, but just music and videos. So YouTube, if you want to see all that content, um, so follow me on Spotify too, because I've been putting out everything on there. And that's it. I have my own newsletter. I have a website, um, but I think those social media places are the best place to see me. And yeah, in the meantime, just, you know, I, I hope I hope everybody enjoys the music. Uh, whether you speak Spanish or not, I think you'll you'll enjoy this the sounds and and hopefully the the intent behind it. And then yeah, if if everything goes according to plan, I, I should be able to get out one of these albums in in the fall. That'd be ideal. So we'll see if that works out. But the music's close, so fingers crossed. <laughs> nice excellent yeah. well tony thanks again for taking some time today and uh, we'll catch you again soon thanks nick cheers everybody